take a seat with us here on the Front Porch Podcast. Welcome back here on the Front Porch Podcast here on twitch.tv slash worldwide underscore wimpy. Again, you can get in contact with us at uh, Podcast Front on Twitch. Let us know within, I think it's 280 characters now, what your opinions are on our previous topic or what we're about to discuss, which is the idea of generational philosophical differences, you know, from people born between this 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 group of ages and the next one after that and the next one after that. Because I think that's the biggest problem going on right now is that there's a dissonance between the people who are in power now, which are the middle to late baby boomers and the early generational X, and the people who are coming up who... And it, this happens... In every era of any society, the young people versus the old people, because the old people believe themselves from their experience to be wiser than the young, even though that may not necessarily be the case. So uh, we were talking about the idea of the OK Boomer from Millennials coming on, that the Boomer generation, through living through the Cold War, when they were kids, they were instilled with the illusion of security. Uh, and I... Before the show, we were talking about this, Fred and I, and I brought up the idea of hiding underneath the desk from a nuclear explosion. It doesn't do anything for you in practical, realistic situations, but just the practice of it gives you the illusion that you can be safe from a nuclear explosion by hiding underneath your desk. And I think that has practical effects nowadays because of mass shootings. Something that happens in schools now... Versus an atomic bomb falling, which was highly, highly unlikely and or real unrealistic if you actually look at the history of things that they were... Uh, no, not necessarily. But... Um, you, you gotta remember those 13 days in October. Uh, yes, but uh, in that window, that's, uh, they, that, that's they a had, self-contained the, the Russians window, had, though. Okay, but the Russians had nuclear missiles sitting right the hell there mm-hmm. in Cuba, aimed right at us. And if Kennedy didn't play that correctly, you can bitch about Kennedy in a hundred ways. Mm-hmm. But if he plays that one wrong, we're all dead. Period. But that, that's happening now. I Russia mean, can point a nuke at us without having to be in Cuba. They could do it from, you know, St. Petersburg and launch one over the Arctic Ocean and hit us. They have that capacity. So what's the difference? Yeah, except then it wasn't. But now I don't think it's as likely as it was. I, I, I think was it's just as likely as and, it was outside of those 13 days. Which, again, is the, you know, outlier for the example. Anyway. Yeah. They now have the the school shooting drills of what people should do or or what children should do in case of an active shooter. Which, oh my god, that's horrifying. What the hell is wrong with you, people? Kind of levels Mm -hmm. of absurdity to me. But that's, that's the way it has to be, right? But those drills, what are they going to do? You know, it's, well, it's okay. creating well, it, that illusion of security, of future security, right. now, the, which is my point. Okay, but the nuclear bomb drill, there was, I mean, the, and they duck and cover. That's what I, they, we used to have. They had a little film, mm-hmm. you know, back in those days, they actually brought in, you know, projectors and stuff and a little black and white film. And so I saw that when I was a kid. Um, and I really thought, you know, when I was six, seven years old, that yes, I'll get under my desk and then the nuclear bomb won't bother me. Well, of course, that's absurd. There was nothing that I was going to do. And you're right, it was a false sense of security. Now, however, there are strategies 
that can increase your chances of survival in the event of some psychotic bastard coming in to shoot up your school. And they go through the things that you could do. Number one, get the hell out of there, mm -hmm. okay? If, if you can do that, do that. If that's not an option, number two, hide. If he can't see you, he can't kill you. Number three, if all of those things fail, then you have to fight. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same drill they teach are, army recruits. Right, and, and so now, is this going to guarantee your safety in the event of an active shooter? Certainly not. But I might be able to increase your odds just a little bit. Um, I've written three different four-minute uh, movies about that, none of which ever worked, but dealing with the active shooter. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still hopeful that... that my director in San Francisco is going to buy one of them from me. But I, I, I should really but, go back but to usually But anyway, the, you can't really work with that, you know. But usually the, the I, active shooters have targets that they want to shoot for. And then from there, it's that they get a body count, right? Unless it's like, right. like from New Zealand, the guy just wanted to shoot Muslims, you know. Mm -hmm. Which, again, blows my mind and, you know... The conservatives are so, and people in general are worried about like the vaping products. And I go, less people have gotten sick than who were shot in Vegas. Yeah. Over yeah. a course of ten year and period of vaping, you know, get off your high horse. I understand that you were drilled because this this is a Gen X thing because Gen X was hammered with the dare the don't do drugs a product of Reagan. Yes. So it's my generation. Just say no. So that was Nancy actually. Yeah. Just say so no. So the vaping industry, which. Again, I I honestly don't care if you smoke or you vape or do drugs, whatever. I'm not going to do it. Um, as long as you're not a danger to someone else, I don't care. But right. it's one of those things that they were drilled throughout their education that drugs are an evil. That yes. a vaping product that makes 500 people sick covers up the fact that we lose... We, we have... 400,000 or whatever it is wounded by guns every, uh, you know, every year in America. Yes. So right. which one's a better priority? The people who choose to ingest water that has nicotine or people who are so disoriented and, and disenfranchised by the world that they decide that shooting other people and then more than likely eventually themselves is the solution to the problem. And see, the, the significant difference between the two is if you choose to vape, you're hurting, arguably, you're hurting yourself. I have no medical evidence. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't do it. I, I'll be the first to tell you that smoking cigarettes is very bad for me. However, I'm not hurting you when I do it. Well, in a way, I don't think that needs to be does, a priority. Affect other people around you if you're around them. Long All right, but I won't do it in front of you. <laughs> so you know, I sit in my backyard and I don't. I won't smoke in your car. You know, I won't even smoke on the back of your motorcycle. So, um, which might be really fucking dangerous. But anyway, um, I, I won't do the, the difference between those kinds of things and you know dealing with someone who is a shooter. Look, he's hurting other people. Mm -hmm. And I need him stopped. And we can argue all day and all night. Well, you can't take away my guns. Okay. I don't think that would work anyway. Um, but we do need to figure out, hey, what? let's make finding and stopping those people a priority much higher than let's stop people from vaping. 
uh, I really don't care if you vape. I don't care. And, you know, I taught the D.A.R.E. program mm -hmm. for God knows how many years. Just say no. And the thing is, you know, well, it's all about peer pressure. No, it really isn't. Um, I don't think I ever started smoking pot because my friends told me to. I tried it once, and actually the first time it had no effect. But the second time, it's like, oh, wait, this feels good. Mm -hmm. We do it because it feels good. We do it because, and, you but know, that was the point that I used to make. But feel good when they hurt others then. Right. The, the, the but here's the difference. Bully. Nah, but here's the difference, right? I'm making myself feel good, and I'm not hurting you. If I get in my car, I'm a dick. Arrest me. But if I'm sitting in my backyard having a bowl, I didn't hurt anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm not walking around with a gun shooting people. I want to address the problem of why do people want to walk around with a gun and kill people? Mm -hmm. And then I would like to solve it. I don't know how to do it, but that's where I would prefer to put the resources. Um, again, I am a big proponent of you may do whatever it is you want to do mm -hmm. so long as you're not hurting anybody else and it doesn't keep you from doing what you have to do. Absolutely. Um, uh, if, you, if you agree with us on there that people should be allowed to do the things that they want to do as long as it's only harming themselves, uh, just let us know. Front Porch Podcast Facebook page, just post it on there. Uh, put it on the link uh, to what we linked for Twitch or on our future archive that's on anchor.fm uh, slash fred-eater. Uh, you could respond to that there. Um, Have we had any comments from anybody in chat? Uh, yeah, today? we've got your your friend. Uh, he, he was talking about oh, how, good. you know, the vaping industry, killing the vaping industry, is going to make sure Philip Morris gets more money. And I've worked convenience stores in the last year, and I've had representatives from Philip Morris come in, and they are completely into vaping. They, they, they're they also going into recreational marijuana. So okay, if you think you're not going to get Philip... But you don't have that in Illinois. Do you have that in Illinois yet? Uh, it's going to be at the beginning of the year. There are many municipalities that are like, no, we don't want to do it because they're ran by late baby boomers and Gen Xers who are wary of drug use. So, okay. because, you know, they're a little bit more conservative. Hillary can explain to you how Southern Illinois is about as Bible Belt as you can get without being in the Bible Belt. So, okay. they're a little bit more conservative. Some of the more aristocratic areas around Chicago are like, no, we don't want marijuana. That We're going to have so many, you know, shaggies walking around, smoking dope, talking to dogs. That's that's their philosophy. Yeah, I know. So, and my thought is, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? But And I would say, anyway. hey, it's a boost in revenue because now all of a sudden you're making something that's illegal that people are making yes. money on that aren't claiming revenue on that. It's tax money! It's brilliant! Well, there's, yeah, there's that, and then there's also the fact that, you know, I mean, did we learn nothing from prohibition? While it was no. illegal to, to have alcohol, people were getting shot and killed all the, all the time. Capone builds a whole goddamn empire based on the fact that somebody got a stick up their ass and said nobody can drink. Well, well the origins um, of, of... And how did we end it all? Yeah, we finally caught him and well, we busted him on the, tax the evasion. The origins but, of prohibition are actually fascinating because it actually starts off as a, a religious movement, but it was more on there's always been a domestic violence issue in America. And the, uh, I, I forget what they were called, but they were like Christian Wives Association or something like that. They lobbied mm -hmm. to ban alcohol because they thought the problem was their husbands were drinking too much and caused them to be violent. The secret yeah, was, was their the husbands were already society. violent to begin with. 
Yeah, temperance society. Yes. And look, I'm not going to say that I think alcohol is a good idea. I, I teach defensive driving. I can tell you all about DUI, and it's evil and awful and all that. Um, on the other hand, making it illegal didn't really do anything. No. To change it. All it did was cause extra crime. While we're making marijuana illegal, all we're doing causing is causing extra crime. It's a way. Um, if you're going to choose between getting drunk and getting high, I swear to God, go with getting high. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't I, make you violent. But, <laughs> no. But I mean, you know, but that's, you, you become shaggy. But, that's, but Fred, you know, why would and, you want to eliminate a way to oppress the poor and disenfranchise and the minorities? Why would you want to eliminate yes. that? That doesn't make any sense to me as a red-blooded white male in America. Yes, I know. Well, it's that horrible idealist. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, the, yeah, uh, it's so. idealism. No, it's realistic. That's it's realism. Why would you do no, that? I know. You could tax it. You generate revenue. You could fix all the streets. You feed the homeless with it. Yeah, whatever it is you want to do, you you just tax the hell out. And no, like, if it were me, I would I would go across the board to hell with just marijuana. The whole the whole damn thing. Whatever you want to put in your body, that's great. We're going to tax you for it. Um, when, and then the money that we raise by doing that is used to help, you know, victims of addiction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you got a meth habit you can't break or you're a heroin addict or something like that. How about if instead of treating you by putting your ass in jail, we actually try to help you? Uh, but the argument, and, uh, there, there's an argument there that people make that by making everything legal, you're essentially giving people the the power to do whatever because there's the illusion that if you make murder legal everyone's going to commit murder they're not there's going to be a handful no. of a small percentage of people now that murder's legal who are going to commit the crime but it's going to be negligible compared to the actual already people who are committing murder <laughs> right no look the reason that you don't kill people I'm, you know, this afternoon, I want to kill him. I know, I understand how you feel. But the reason that you don't do it isn't because it's illegal. It's because you have some form of empathy. You can feel for other people. And so it occurs to you that if I do that, I'm going to hurt someone. A lot of people are going to be hurt. I'm not a dick. I don't go around hurting people. I'm not going to kill anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't need a law. That I, I have, for example, you know, it's against the law to rape someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have heard people say, well, you know, atheists, you don't have any kind of morality. So if you don't believe in God, why don't you just go rape everybody that you want to? And the truth is I have raped everybody I want to, which would be zero people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Exactly. Okay? And you don't need a law to keep me from committing rape. All I need is a sense of morality. And I don't need I don't need 10 commandments to give me my morality. I can do that by making use of my empathy. But that 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 That's, requires deductive and transitive logic though, Fred. The oh, nice or sharp, I cut myself on a knife. Oh, that hurt. I don't like that. Therefore, I I'm a human being. Therefore, other human beings will not like it. That that operation you're asking people to do too many steps to think. You need to give them one step to think. And then they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll obey. That's the idea, right? The oppression. Mm -hmm. To me, government is oppression. Um, representative government is oppression. Because you're, you're allowing other people to tell what other people are right. And that's why we have a divisive two-party system. Because each side believes that they're right. And in some elements they are. And in other elements they're not. And they have the power to influence the societal belief of what is right. 
And to me, mm-hmm. that's giving too much power to people. You you either need to give that power to everyone, so that way it's diluted and equal, or you say, we're authoritarian, we're, as a society, too dumb to make our own decisions, so we need someone who we believe to be smart enough to do it. So, Russia. And that's the problem. You have one party yeah. that is self-admitting they're too stupid to think for themselves, so they have to have someone represent them. And then you have the party that is, well, everyone deserves rights and everyone deser- deserves this, but don't have the guts to actually do something about it. You know, you were talking about the generational differences. And what you're saying now is the same sort of thing that I heard in the late 60s and early Mm -hmm. 70s. Um, That was how the counterculture Mm -hmm. felt then. Um, And what happened to them? them? They grew up and became, you know... They became um, a part of the system. But... Yeah, um, they were absorbed, because they were scared. They needed to they, survive, right, Fred? We talked about this last. Well, they week. were assimilated. Yes, you know, yeah, they were assimilated, and uh, and look, I am glad that we have young people in every generation who say, you know what, no, 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 we have to cut this shit out now. We have to change things, um, and it's one of the reasons that I, you know, I understand why you are cynical and don't want to vote anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is, I, I like your idea of, you know, everybody being able to vote and, and being done with representative democracy, but that's not going to happen this weekend. Um, I, I never what said I would this like was, is to move us, Rome was but I want to move us closer to that. And to do that, I need intelligent people, young people, quite frankly, to vote. You, they are the ones who are going to be I think here you need to take and the next they step, can right? change the system. Say it again. I think you need to take the next step. I think the problem is, and this is what happened to the counterculture late 60s, early 70s. They were unwilling to sacrifice themselves for their cause. Because as soon as it became uncomfortable to be where they were, they changed and conformed, right? That was the idea. That you couldn't be a long hair hippie and own a business, right? There are a few exceptions to that, but the general consensus within the society was if you're not shaven, if you don't have a nice clean haircut, if you're not wearing leather shoes and a suit or following what your bosses want or your owner wants, you're not going to survive. And that may be the case because they're in power now. So what you need is what happened in Tiananmen Square. The people were unhappy with what was going on and there were people willing to stand up for what they believed in and... They got ran over by a tank. Those images stay within history and are used as pinnacles or, or idols for people to follow, to stand by what you believe to be right. And we may disagree on that, no matter at what level, but as long as we have a civil discussion about it and we don't decide that we're going to run each other over with tanks, we're making progress. So that's why I'm saying by having eliminating representative government, we're not eliminating you from having an opinion or what you think is right. We're allowing you to have the power to have the influence to have your opinion and what you believe is right. Versus now you're entrusting someone to share the same opinions somewhat, mostly kind of to do the things that you think may be right. Well, (coughs) and that's what representative democracy is. Mm -hmm. And And it's never worked. I understand why we started with that. That, that, Um, That's why Putin says democracy Because, for example, all right, democracy is born with the ancient Greeks. And in those days, um, citizens, you had to be, you know, a landowner and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually all 
got together at one time and talked it out and said, this is what we're going to do. And we voted having everybody vote. Mm -hmm. Well, that was all right, you know, when we had a reasonably small population. But as populations grow, there is no way that we can possibly sort through what everybody thinks. Now, wait. We do. So we do. What we we have did. a process to do that. It's called Facebook. I'm sa- Facebook can decipher well, okay. all of the information. You're missing my point. I'm going through the history. When we started this in 1787, we had no Facebook. Mm-hmm. We had no cell. We had none of this. And so the best we could do is say, okay, we're go- you choose the people who are going to make your choices for you. Mm-hmm. Because there really is no way that we could actually talk to everybody in all 13 of these damn colonies and find out what they want, we'd never get anything done. Mm -hmm. It's too slow. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, however, we have instantaneous communication. I'm in Mesa, you're in in Chicago, and Scott, if he's still with us, is in Maine. And we're all communicating at exactly the same Mm -hmm. time, and none of us has any particularly badass tech, okay? there, the, the technology absolutely exists to be done with representative democracy and now have complete democracy. My only concern is please make sure that it is safe, that we don't have somebody hacking the hell out of it so that, you know. That's um, why I suggested we do it with businesses. You have your business. You, you work for a company. They allot 15 minutes for you to vote every single week. They have their own equipment. They can then thus communicate with other businesses with a with a skeletal government that says, "Okay, this is what your employees voted for. We're going to take it and put it into our aggregate system of data." It's it's not that hard. It, it you can you, yeah. Except you're making it even more complicated than I would want. You're 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 what I would do. I'm serious. If you want I the security, it's going to be complicated. Vote. That's the problem. No, right, but I, what I would, I mean, again, my ideal, right, is every single vote is counted, period. We're not, you know, so that it's not this district and that business and it, no, 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 every vote counts. That's all, well, then, all of them. Then the other solution and, is, is, you, is you could do it with QR codes. You can put a QR code on a voting ballot that gets mailed to you every single week. You fill in the bubbles, you take a picture with the QR code, and you send it into the government. You have a hard copy of what you voted for. You have the picture of what you voted for. Now, all of a sudden, you have two ways to prove for what you voted for. Then, and all of a sudden, you eliminate right. the fraud. Boom. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. You have a hard copy. You have a digital copy. And there you go. You're good. Because the problem is, is, is the, the digital stuff is great. But in Georgia, they don't have any hard copy evidence of people voting. They only have the, 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 uh, the digital ballot. Which is dumb. Because if you're a business, what do you do? You keep copies of everything, of every transaction, so that way you can prove the transaction happened. If you're a bank, you keep hard copies to ensure that the transaction happens. Me as a podcaster, all of our archives, Fred, guess what? I keep as a hard copy. (laughs) Yes. So... No, I... Hey, I do too. So, so, for for them Um, to to think that, that only doing it digital, there won't be any... You know problems with it, and I don't know if you watched last week tonight at all uh, with John Oliver. Yeah, I do every week. Uh, but he yeah. covered it, and he, he was showing that you could easily get into the Georgia polling computers and alter. Oh, yeah, the ballots. How no, they had? Wh- I, who proved they, this? They, they had a 
I think a nine-year-old or something did it in like 11 minutes or something. Uh, it took a nine-year-old 11 minutes to hack into, and I mean, you know, they had a precise replica of it, mm-hmm. and it took them nine minutes to hack in and start changing votes. And that's where we're going to have to be where, and I, I have no doubt we can solve the problem. I don't know what the solution is, but that's, again, where we want to put it's, our it's resources, It's the fear of technology and the fear of evolution that is... And you know the thing is, is that you would think, right? That are unwilling to here I am. I'm the I am I, but I am the older generation. But you're the exception, I'm, I'm Fred. That's 60. what you don't understand. You are such an exception, which is why I get along with you so well. <laughs> My generation is, and the thing is, I think I, I I was too young to be a hippie, right? I'm born in '62, and that was all pretty much over by the time I got to high school in the late 70s we were all done with that movement and it's a shame i didn't get to join it i think i'd have, i would have enjoyed it but my idealism stayed with me and maybe it's because nobody ever paid me enough to buy me off um i i think what happened to a lot of the hippies was people started offering them enough money to take this job and that job and some other job and so their idealism sort of got got uh what i want to say sheared away it, it it got rubbed off and uh, so you know wait i can make all this money and they did and those are the people who are now somewhat older than i am um but my generation is supposed to be afraid of technology i'll be the first to admit i don't understand it very well but i also don't oppose it um i'm entirely in favor of automation which might be um an, an entire conversation of itself sometime. We might have that next um, week, which, speaking of the way... I was just going to say, yeah. Go ahead and wrap up this conversation. Yeah. If you have any thoughts or opinions on this, please let us know. Facebook.com uh, or the Front Porch Podcast fan page. You can go there. At uh, Podcast Front on Twitter. Email us, frontporchpodcast1 at gmail.com. Check out the archive. Uh, I'm going to start segmenting the show for the archive, so that way you know we have more content coming out throughout the week. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Isn't that right, Fred? I think it probably is. I'm not an expert in the promotion, but... Uh, and we're going to be here every Tuesday and Friday now. Anywhere between 4 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, somewhere in there, depending upon when Fred is free or when I wake up and decide I want to work. <laughs> so. There you go. We have all those problems. So, um, But yes, and um, I, special thanks, though, for those of you who joined us live. Scott, that was awesome. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm really glad you were here. Um, and, um, I hope if, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, you should do that. And I think we were at 156. Uh, we're uh, growing. We're growing. Day. So, and we're very grateful to all of those of you who have signed up for our page. That's great. So, um, anyway, um, thank you guys for joining us. And I want to remind you, there's always somebody on the front porch. It's all so clear. You're coming down. Try to keep your head above the clouds. Have a thought or a conversation starter? Front porch podcast one at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast front.